This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. And first up today, the Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim, has come back from his official two-day visit to Laos. And now that that's done, we are talking about what came out of it. So the trip was actually at the invitation of his counterpart in Laos, Dr. Sonese Sifandon. Um, and it was part of efforts to further strengthen bilateral relations, economic cooperation, as well as enhance cooperation in security, diplomacy, foreign affairs, so some of this stuff, um, I think when you look at foreign trips by leaders, this is almost a bog standard thing, right? You hear people say that these are the, the bilateral ties we're looking to improve. But there are some specifics because after the fact that both leaders held a bilateral uh, they held a bilateral meeting and they witnessed the signing of a memorandum of cooperation between KTMB and Lao National Railway State Enterprise and also Mutiara Perlis and Tanaleng Dry Port. Uh, there's also going to be the signing of an MOU between TNB and uh, the Laos counterpart as well. So some, some concrete things that have emerged from it. Right. I think when we um, look at foreign policy, at least from the outside, looking into Malaysia, uh, there was that long period of Mahathe, uh, his administration of 22 years, and he kind of stamped a sense of where Malaysia was in the world and what it wanted to speak about. So, you know, it's often said that Malaysia was punching above its weight. But since then, we've had real, uh, you know, swift changes of leadership, and that's been not good for Malaysia in terms of uh, how other people look at us, right? So what is it? And so I mm. think with Anwar Ibrahim and the expectation of some stability in this administration, maybe seeing out its entire term, one term of five years, will we see some um, character identity emerging from it? Yeah, um, and that is part of what we want to explore today. I mean, we are going to be looking at the specifics of the, the Laos visit um, up to a point. But beyond that, we also want to explore exactly that. What is the general foreign policy sense within this administration? Where are we going to be placed in the world? Uh, but we're asking you... Which countries in our region do you pay attention to? You know, whether it's about their economy or their culture, you follow the news. Is Laos one of them? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be speaking with Thomas Daniel, Senior Fellow at ISIS Malaysia. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Begin Free Malaysia. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We are talking today about foreign relations, international relations. And this is particularly because the Prime Minister has just returned from his two-day visit to Laos in which uh, they discuss things like cooperation for, for railways, uh, for imports, for electricity. There were also talks of... Um, Malaysia's halal expertise in the food industry of tourism. So we're going to be getting into that. We're also asking you, which countries in our region here in Southeast Asia do you pay attention to in terms of the news? Is Laos one of them? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line, we have Thomas Daniels, Senior Fellow at ISIS Malaysia. Thomas, good to have you with us. 
Hi, good evening. So firstly, uh, this was something that we were discussing earlier. Just to set the tone, what do you see as the foreign policy orientation of this administration? Are we seeing continuity or are we seeing change? Ah, okay, interesting question. Uh, I would say continuity, and this isn't particularly unique uh, to this administration. Uh, if there's change, I would say there's more change in domestic policies. Uh, domestic policies, you know, and I think they are really practical and ingrained elements of our foreign policy that are not so easy to drastically change. Uh, this can range from broad things like our emphasis on non-alignment, on multilateral trade, on, you know, international laws and norms when it comes to sovereignty, but it also goes to specific issues like how we approach bilateral relations with our closest partners and neighbours, our responses in the South China Sea and on, you know, uh, issues like Israel and Palestine. So these are very much ingrained. Um, change, if we want to use the word, uh, will normally come in nuances. Uh, and we heard very early on from Foreign Minister Zambri when he took on his current role, that the nuances will come from the Prime Minister in due course. Uh, but I you know, have trouble identifying uh, what particularly stands out as these nuances. Uh, what are we doing differently, if at all? Some of the language and the buzzwords might have changed, but this is really par for the pause uh, when every political administration has their own slogans and branding. So I would say very much uh, continuity for now. Right. Thomas, if we could just focus a little on the trip to Laos. Uh, the Prime Minister uh, there said to you know want to strengthen bilateral relations and economic cooperation. Are there specific outcomes you see, especially those that are not quite reported in the press, so made a part of the kind of press kit that's come out of this particular trip? Mm. Uh, so, you know, Lynn, as you pointed out, uh, Laos might not feature prominently in Malaysia's foreign policy discourse, uh, but there are some standout features, I think, that are perhaps underappreciated. Um, so aside from the sort of list uh, that you mentioned, you know, agreement on, on power, railway, etc., uh, you know, what is quite surprising uh, is that Malaysia is actually one of the main sources of FDI for Laos and in, in some of those uh, sectors that you mentioned, but also in banking. And I think over the last couple of years, uh, Malaysia, along with Thailand, is one of the countries that helps facilitate the Singapore-Lao uh, power purchase program, which you know injects desperately needed cash into Laos. But more important, I think, to me, uh, Laos is really important because of the uh, of the um, uh, rotational system for ASEAN's chairmanship. Laos takes the reign before Malaysia, and you know traditionally. Uh, uh, incoming chairs will need to work very closely with their predecessors to ensure smooth continuity. Uh, now for Malaysia, this is very important because 2025, when we next take, take the chair, is a major milestone year. Uh, it marks the culmination of ASEAN's vision 2025 and the beginning of the post-2025 vision, which has now been set for 20 years instead of the usual 10. And Malaysia is you know, entrusted with significant responsibilities to help set the agenda uh, for the long term. Uh, we are permanent co-chairs for the high-level task force that is shaping the post-2025 vision. So working with Laos seamlessly will be especially important. And I believe that sort of came up when the foreign minister and the prime minister uh, were both in Vientiane. And there were sort of statements, especially from the foreign minister, to this effect. So if we look away from that a little bit, um, Anwar Tasfa has visited 11 countries. What ties these visits in terms of the deliverables or the challenges? Mm, uh, well, uh, most he's, he's been to seven out of nine countries. I suspect there will be an eighth country 
before the end of the year, uh, you know, which is Vietnam. We, we celebrate 50 years of bilateral relations with Vietnam, and that, that's particularly significant to note. And, and, you know, Myanmar doesn't seem feasible anytime soon. Uh, I think that you know, his determination to visit as much of Southeast Asia as quickly as he can probably signals his priority for the immediate region to both the domestic and external audience. Uh, Anwar has background. He has, uh, he, you know, the, 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 this long-standing history of him as a former statesman and a current statesman that comes into play. There's history with many of these countries, and we see this in the remarks and his engagements in these countries. Uh, I also think that Southeast Asia is a lot easier to do uh, logistically. Uh, the PM, I understand, has a very punishing schedule domestically, so this perhaps factor in as well. It's easier to do a trip to a country around you than it is to do uh, you know, uh, longer trips uh, further out. The focus and uh, outcome of a lot of these visits, I think, have largely been bilateral. Now, this could include sorting out outstanding issues or upscaling existing uh, relationships and partnerships. So there's an emphasis on deliverables that he can bring back to Malaysia, things like digital trade, things like smoother cross-border procedures, which which, which will, I, I suspect uh, will be used to feed into domestic credentials. But you know, also in a lot of these trips, there's uh, he's been exploring options on what we can do with other Southeast Asian countries, with ASEAN member states in multilateral settings. And I think this perhaps reflects a recognition by the government or, or people who advise the prime minister that there might be significant shared challenges that would require a more coordinated regional response. Thomas, if we can look at some of the other trips that he's made, uh, he's had China, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and also Turkey in his uh, crosshairs. Uh, he, he's actually been there now. But I want to ask you first about uh, Turkey, or Turkey as it's now called. Do you think Anwar's uh, friendly and personal relationship with the president, Erdogan, uh, impacts Malaysian uh, and how so? Is it actually beneficial considering the kind of positions that Edwan takes internationally? Well, I think that remains to be seen of exactly how our relationship with Turkey will progress. Uh, Anwar's visit to Turkey came uh, very much on the back of the earthquake. Uh, and he went there to demonstrate solidarity and support. And there was a very quick meeting with uh, President Erdogan. Uh, now that President Erdogan has won his, uh, has won his re-election, uh, I would anticipate perhaps another visit. I don't know when, but uh, but a proper bilateral visit and proper bi high-level bilateral engagement will probably give us a better picture of what this relationship might look like, and then what would be the following impacts of that to to sort of um, um, uh, uh, to sort of our foreign policy and how that is perceived by others as well. But will it have an impact? Of course, I guess it remains to be seen exactly what it is. So when once that shapes up. So, Thomas, there are some pretty well-trod uh, fault lines or larger lenses that really inform the way we balance out our foreign relations, right? And chiefly, I'm thinking of uh, tensions between the US and China and how that ends up being reflected here in our region. Um, what are the major foreign policy challenges for our country, considering these sorts of rivalries here in the region, but also globally? Mm, uh, I think you encapsulated it uh, really well. Uh, the, there is a major power rivalry. It looks set to be uh, a feature of, of, of the regional order moving forward. And the question is, you know, uh, how can Malaysia uh, balance itself? How can we how can we balance or how can we hedge? Uh, you know, uh, our relationship, we have, we have very productive, long-standing productive relationships with both Beijing and D.C., but this has always been predicated on the fact that Beijing and D.C. have had very functional relationships between themselves as well, and we have been able to benefit from this. Uh, 
So moving forward, uh, how do we continue these relationships? How do we continue, not just bilaterally, but in a multilateral setting where the U.S. and Beijing are clearly viewing each other uh, in very, uh, you know, in, in the, 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 uh, you're seeing increasing um, zero-sum cal- zero calculations figuring into how they view each other. You're seeing the bifurcation of various networks, various links, uh, and the setting up of uh, competing initiatives, competing regional groupings, and perhaps competing regional orders. So how do we balance this? You know, Malaysian uh, Malaysian politicians, we love to use phrases like being friends with everyone uh, when this is actually not true and also makes for suboptimal policy decisions. So we're moving into an age of strategic uncertainty where our, you know, our uh, core values like non-alignment is going to be really tested. And we've already seen signs of that in, in not just in our foreign policy, but in decisions that we make nationally when it comes to you know, potential selection of who's going to be our vendors for our, for, for our 5G networks, for example. Uh, this is going to be a, a real challenge for Malaysia moving forward. And I think uh, the, the what we need to focus on is not just on uh, whether we can continue to to, to engage with both these powers, but how do we perhaps work with others to craft approaches to remain engaged with both separately, if need. Thomas, uh, just uh, a quick look at the calendar for the rest of the year. The, the major ticket items include the UN General Assembly and the APEC Summit in San Francisco mid-November. How do you see the country positioning itself? What do you, would you like to see uh, this administration put forward in, in the, at those two fora? I think uh, you know uh, there is there is a significant expectation on Malaysia and this government to articulate uh, key positions on foreign policy on on how we can differentiate ourselves what would be the main trust uh, what would be the main focus uh, I think we have seen some signs of that in Anwar's engagements uh, abroad in I don't know when he speaks at, at business clubs ga- gatherings in Bangkok or in Jakarta or even some of his remarks in the Wall Forum the call for uh, the call for uh, countries to not allow uh, existing rivalries to get out of control and to affect other areas that would affect uh, national economic choices by countries like Malaysia. I think you will see uh, a continuation of this theme at, at, at APEC and ANGA. Uh, APEC, and, APEC and ANGA would also be an opportunity, I think, for the Prime Minister to uh, articulate uh, a clear foreign policy speech or foreign policy outlook. I don't think he has done that yet. And that's quite a lot of expectation on what that would be. Thomas, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Yes, thank you. That was Thomas Daniel, Senior Fellow at ISIS Malaysia, taking us through uh, a few things. Uh, essentially, the Prime Minister's two-day trip to Laos and what came out of that, but also more broadly, what our foreign policy direction and priorities may prove to be in the immediate term. So let us know, uh, which countries in our region do you pay attention to uh, that you're interested in? Is Laos one of them? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp. 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.